books Good evening and welcome to another episode of Phantoms and Monsters Radio, where we explore the strange and the unexplained. I'm your host, Alon Stricker. Thanks for joining me. Now, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe, like, and share our presentations. Um, please feel free to leave a comment as well. Uh, Super Chat is active during the show, so please show your support for Phantoms and Monsters Radio by clicking the dollar icon underneath the chat. Uh, you can also support the channel by uh, clicking Super Thanks icon and uh, buy me a coffee link. Your consideration is very much appreciated. So tonight, Richard Michelle joins me. He's a, a paranormal investigator, intuitive, and writer from Morris County, New Jersey. He's the owner and team leader of the New Jersey Paranormal Project, an organization he founded back in 2007. His goal was to research and investigate spirit. Through the New Jersey Paranormal Project, though the, the New Jersey Paranormal Project has gotten to work on some of the best with some of the best experts in the paranormal field, spiritualists and mediums. The New Jersey Paranormal Project can be seen on YouTube, and anyone can view the case files and be a part of the investigation. Richard is also a writer author, lecturer. His latest book is titled Case Files of the Paranormal, and you can find Richard's website at richardmichella.com. So, Richard, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me on, Lon. It's great to be back. Well, we're going to get into a few a few different things tonight, uh, but I do first want to talk about the new book. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about it and what you got in it and some of the stuff you've investigated. Well, with the Case Files book, my previous books are all centered around spirit. And with Case Files, I wanted to go outside of that. And I wanted to cover other books that I've read that I grew up on, you know, reading books about aliens, books about Sasquatch. So there were encounters that I had that were outside of the spirit realm. Um, I found a footprint here in northern New Jersey, which is right outside of an urban area. 
And this goes back in like 1998. So this was a story that I carried around for years. And when I was working on the case files book, I'm like, this is the book for it. So I tell that story in it. Um, I talk about um, the Hudson Valley and the wave that started there in the 1980s um, with UFO, the alien abduction, Whitley Strieber. Um, these are, I, I, I kind of wanted to make like a mosh posh book of all different things that I experienced that got me into the paranormal that anybody with an interest in various paranormal topics could pick up this book and have an enjoyable time reading it. So that's what the case files book is. Interesting. Great. Well, we're, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Sure. <laughs> during yeah. this, during the week, you had sent me a, a drawing. You're an intuitive. Yeah. And you do spirit art. And you, in your mind's eye, you picked up on something that dealt with me. Yes. And uh, you did a, you did an, uh, a rendering. <clears throat> and uh, you asked me if it looked familiar. So start off by that talk about it uh yeah. and we'll go we'll go from there and uh you know i didn't i was trying to figure out what it was or who it was you had you had drawn right but after we thought about it it may very well have been my father so we'll put up an image of him sure. after we yeah. after we do that so tell me a bit about it well i was finishing work up with a client and we were having a a a spirit art session where I am sitting right here at my desk and I'm working and I'm doing the reading for them. It comes to a close and you sent me a message with the graphics and the info on the show that we're having right now. Mm -hmm. So I started to look, look over the information and all of a sudden this man's image pops into my mind's eye. And when it came through, I started to get more evidence and I knew this wasn't for my sitter. I'm like, this I feel is connected Long. So I stayed a little longer in the office and I started to sketch the man as best as I can. I'm not an artist. What I call this is I'm trying to capture the essence of the person that's coming through. So I'm trying to capture that essence that's going to bring this person back to life through the details on his face, the wrinkles, the size of the face, the hairline. So I'm trying to do that. But as that's coming through, evidential information is coming through me. Now, the evidential information is what you see written all around that picture. And that is what connects this to the person that the reading is intended for, the sitter, right? Mm -hmm. This is the evidential, the evidence that's coming through from spirits. So you'll see a man. The man is between 77 to like 81 years of age. Um, mm -hmm. I was drawn to his chest area. I feel that there was a congestion, um, maybe a heart issue that led to his passing, possibly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, he, he stepped forward as a father figure. I, I, I see him, you know, father. Um, I see him very mechanical, fixing things. Um, I see like he had tools. And then an image of a train. Um, how spirit communicates is through symbols. And they use images that I know to get a message through. So seeing the train, he either collected trains or he had something to do with the railroad. Um, then I see something happening older with him, like maybe a generation before him, maybe a farm or something. His family had something to do with land. Um, 
uh, even sm small livestock, like like chickens, like something, <laughs> and that. That's funny. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute. Okay, go okay. ahead. I keep going. Like chickens, like something like that. So I, I I wanted to include that because I'm like I see mechanical, but yet I see like livestock and chickens. Um, he was a big man. He was built tough. I I I feel that he wasn't you know. Um, lanky, like I feel that he was a tough, tough man. Um, overalls, jeans, work shirt kind of guy. I don't feel like he was always dressed up. I feel like he really in enjoyed just wearing casual clothes. Um, here, I could even go off here. Um, he was a gentle, a gentle giant. He could be very strict. And this is where I, you know, asked you, I said, he had a way of doing things and he liked things done his way. And I feel mm -hmm. that this pertained to his, his work. If anybody helped him, it was, he had a way of doing things that he wanted you to do the same way that he did. Um, he did what he could for, you know, people. He worked hard. Um, then there's a legacy. And when I see that word pop up into my mind's eye, this legacy, I feel that there might be a namesake, somebody mm -hmm. that's carrying on his name. Mm -hmm. um, I, another image that comes because I do ask spirit to bring forth images that bring back things that they did in life. I don't know if he had a porch on his house, but I see him sitting on a porch and I don't know if there was a dog in the family, but I see like a brown kind of mutt. Okay. I don't know if he had this as a child, but, um, and then I wanted to ask, is there a dispute over land? Because I see that there's something to do with land. <laughs> um, fishing. Yeah. In a, then I, then I see another memory that pops into my head, fishing in a small pond. I feel that he worked a lot and he missed out a lot. And that is a regret that he brings forward, that he missed out on a lot of things. Right. I don't know if when years come forward, I try to jot them down because it might mean that something is celebrated or we're mourning something like something happened. So 1996, 1997, I see that being a, like a year that he wants to bring, bring forward. Okay. Proud veteran. <clears throat> I see an American flag in my mind's eye waving that military service. I see him going for meetings at like an American Legion, hanging out, drinking coffee. Um, another image is an aluminum rowboat, and it's like green. I don't know if he fished in this, but that aluminum rowboat that has like that chipped green paint on it. And I feel that he passed before his wife. He... He went first. Mm -hmm. And this is what I got. Usually I'll even go on to another sheet. But since I didn't want to bombard you at like 930, 10 o'clock at night, I was like, let me send this over and see if this resonates. Because, again, I, I'm i like, this I felt was for you. But, you know, I you know wanted to throw it out there for you. Okay. Well, let me tell now. I the picture, I, I guess Vincent can put it up there or put the pictures together or however he wants to do right. this. Um, my dad lost a lot of weight uh, when he when he was diagnosed with cancer and had as a diabetic. Okay. So he he lost about a hundred pounds. 
And you, you, you can probably see that in the actual photograph of him. Uh, he was 84 when he passed. He died from um, a problem with his heart. He had a heart infection. Mm. Uh, he was in the Air Force during Korea. Oh, wow. Uh, but he never fought. He was, uh, he was stationed in Africa in the Azores. He is with the 509th Bomber Wing, which was the same bomber wing that was at Roswell. Oh, wow. And uh, I got I got to go with him on um, on reunions at Wright Patterson Air Force Base and talk to some of the guys who are actually at Roswell. That is amazing, Lon. Uh, we he owned a hobby shop. It was probably the largest model train collector east of the Mississippi. And he was very much into trains. He used to fix the uh, model trains, but that's what he was known for. He was known for as a, wow. a, a train collector. Uh, I, I think he did have some regret because when his my parents got divorced, mm -hmm. I, I did not see him for many years. Uh, I think he wanted me to take over the store. But it, it just didn't fit in with what I was doing. And there was a land dispute because when he passed away, his wife, which was his second wife, uh, I, I was supposed to get the property and she got it. Oh, wow. And we had a big land dispute. We had a, and the, you know, we had at one time that my grandmother and my family had owned a lot of property. We owned actually a whole block of town. There were about seven houses and uh, a lot of land. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, I don't know, maybe they had... Now, he never fished. He was not an outdoorsman. Okay. He, um, he was set in his ways. I mean, this guy, I, I... You know, owning the store, he never took credit cards. He never took checks. It was a cash-only business. Wow. It was like that cool. ever since my yeah. grandfather started in 1954. Okay. Because my grandfather actually started the business. And, uh, yeah, so I guess that, that pretty well, you know, yeah. pretty well is it. So I, I, I think with the photograph, because he did, he did have hair. I mean, he, he yeah. kind of, and it, it was, he just cut it really short. Yeah. But uh, I think that was a good drawing of him years ago before he lost the weight. Uh, but uh, yeah, he but he was he was eighty four when he passed, and like I said, uh, he had a military funeral. Yep. And uh, yeah, so and he was uh, he was a member of the American Legion. He okay. did not drink very little. Was a heavy coffee drinker. Yeah, coffee uh, cup. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, you might have you might have hit that. You know, I, you sent that to me earlier in the week or last week, and I was trying to figure out who that was. I I do this a lot with like my sitters. About probably yeah. like eighty five to ninety percent. I'll sketch everything out. I'll write all that evidential stuff. Sometimes it goes on to you know two three sheets of paper, and I'll email that to them. And this will be days before our reading. 
because I want them to, you know, ask a cousin or, you know, find out what, like what this meant. And it even helps the reading as, as we both sit down to work on this, to get that information. Oh, and also he didn't like dressing up. He hated wearing a suit. He hated wearing a suit. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like the jeans, you know. Because like, I know when we shirt. used to, when I was a kid, he yeah. when we used to go to church. He he used to bitch about it all the time, and uh, I mean that was the first. I mean, he got in the door. That was the first thing that came off. So uh, yeah, he he did not like being dressed up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, and very proud. And the regret, like he missed out on a lot. So yeah. he knows yeah. that, you know, and. Yeah. I think, you know, when we cross over to the other side, things become much clearer to us on things that we did right and things that we got wrong. But exactly. And that's, I think, our soul's learning. You know, I think that's why we're here. Interesting. Uh, I also got a picture of I sent to Vincent about uh, of the store itself. We had a we were pretty well. It was it was a well-known store. It was like an institution in the town we lived in. Right. And, um, yeah. so, uh, yeah. So when he passed, we look, everything was liquidated. So, yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. On. Nice. So why don't you tell us a bit about some of the other spirit art you've done, some of the cases you've done. Yeah. Um, with, with, with spirit art, you know, it's, it's very important to capture the essence of that person and bring bring them back to life um so I, with its if i'm at historical oh, and let me let me mention one thing first I, I did want to say this you said something about livestock livestock yeah like on top when he was a kid he used to keep chickens on top of the store it was a flat top on the store yeah and he used oh, yeah, to keep right. chicken pens up there and he used to he used to butcher the chickens. He used to kill them and butcher them. Uh, and because of that, he never ate chicken as an adult. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Small, small livestock. I'm like, I, I, yeah. I'm like, how's, how's this coming into the reading about small? Yeah, what, you, you know, we didn't have a farm or anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's what kind of threw me off because chickens. I, a lot of my uh, a lot of my relatives had farms, yeah, and were farmers. And uh, I thought, but then again, when you we started going over it, then I thought, well, then maybe it was him. That's so, awesome. inter- interesting. Well, go ahead. I, I I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, not a problem. No, when I go into like these historical locations, that's how um, a few years back that made me want to start to hone this gift was I would get images through my mind's eye. I would walk into a place that we were doing an investigation at and be like, I see a heavy set man. He's burly. He has like a double breasted suit, big handlebar mustache. So I started to sketch this stuff and the historians, the docents would be like, this is this person. And then they would bring me in the back room and open up, you know, history books and be like, you sketched, you know, so-and-so. So walking out of these places, I was like, you know, I need to start working on this. And being that I do work with mediums, they put me on to people that specialized in spirit art. And the in, the images are obtained from the influence of spirit. No knowledge or photographs of the deceased was seen by myself, 
before the session. Like I had no knowledge on your family's history, Lon. I knew nothing about your dad. So this stuff is all coming to me from spirit. Spirit mm -hmm. is what spirit's doing is they're blending with me and using me to sketch this picture. You know, my, my mind's eye, I, I, I see the spirit come forward and I do my best to capture their essence. You know, and that's exactly what this is. And the blending takes place and I begin to see images through my mind's eye. So that's going, interesting because like I had told you before, I'm an intuitive. I do a lot of intuitive work. I do spirit rescue. I, mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm a trained uh, remote viewer and uh, I have a lot of images in my mind's eye as well. I'm not a very great artist as far as doing portraits and stuff. I do, I do create art, but I, I, I haven't done, you know, that. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I can, I understand where you're coming from on this. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just really amazing. Like how spirit works. Cause I was telling you this before we went live, I was doing for, I was doing a reading for a client and the woman had lost her mother and she mm -hmm. has all, all of her mother's dishes. So she was thinking to herself, what am I going to do with my mother's dishes? Her daughter is just getting married. So the night before our reading, she sat in her kitchen and she goes, mom, what, what, what should I do with the dishes? The next day we're having the reading. I start doing the sketch and I write dishes, keep the dishes. And <laughs> As soon as we get to that point in the reading, like we did with you, Lon, we, we start going around and the dishes come forward and she goes, oh my God, I just asked my mother what I should do with the dishes. And she's like, I'm going to give the dishes to my daughter. This is like her saying to keep the dishes. Don't, don't get rid of the dishes. Um, an, another reading I did was for a woman whose grandfather came through and I'm seeing images of furnaces and furnaces and pipes. And I see a white piece of paper with a black seal on it. And I'm like, oh, this man's a boiler man. He had a black seal. He was certified. So mm -hmm. I brought that up. I brought that up in the reading. And that to me is an anchor. You know, when you could bring that specific information forward from spirit that can attach, its, uh, attach itself to that client, you know, that's what makes it personal, you know, with that kind of a connection. Um, Anybody could say, you know, oh, yeah, I see water around your dad. But if we can find out, okay, water, what kind of water? Was he an outdoorsman? Did he serve in the army? Get to the evidence. You know, we, we, we need to know clearly what that person did. You know, oh, I see, you know, your uh, father, he's sitting on a dock. What, did he work on the docks? Or did he, you know, fish off the dock? Like, and that's what we try to bring forward. And if we could bring anything um, from spirit to our sitter that connects these important moments of that person's life, that is my goal. So that black seal, once that came forward, her eyes welled up with water and she started crying because she knew her grandfather was communicating. Mm -hmm. That's something that I had no way of knowing. <clears throat> um, another thing that I could include was... We're getting ready for another client. And in my mind's eye, and you know how this works, I see a stuffed plush of Garfield with the suction cups on a car window. And I'm like, what is this? What does this mean? And I grew up in Lodi and Garfield was right next to Lodi. 
my client's grandfather. I knew the area. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. my client's grandfather, he grew up in Garfield. Okay. So now if I saw an image of Lodi or even Garfield pop up in my mind. So I just think that I'm thinking about going home, you know, my you know, hometown. But because they showed me the Garfield plushie with the suction cups, it made me want to bring it up in the reading because I knew it had to be something for my sitter. So as soon as I brought up the Garfield plushie with the suction cup, she goes, Garfield, my grandfather was from Garfield. So if it came up the other way where I just saw an image of Garfield, I would have thought that I was thinking about my hometown. But because he went the other route with it and showed me Garfield, I used it in the reading and it made 100% sense to the sitter. So spirit works amazingly, you know, with showing symbols and prompting us as their conduit to get that message across. And yeah, these are some more sketches that I did for our other clients. So it, it, it always amazes me each time that I sit down for any session with a client or whether I'm working with a historical society, you know, how spirit uses us to get their message through. Do you ever do you ever connect directly with the the spirits? Um, like the spirits to me? Yes, I feel that like we are connected. We are blended. Mm -hmm. And when we are having these these sessions, I do not see spirits standing next to people because that's another mm -hmm. thing at you know work and stuff. People come up to me and they're like, "Rich, do you see somebody with me?" I go, "I see things through my mind's eye. That's clairvoyantly." Um, so I'll see images come up through my mind's eye, images, symbols, sayings, words, dates. So that's how I blend with spirit. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see where the, the, that can, you know, how you, how you do that, how that comes up, because it happens to me occasion, um, maybe not as much detail, right? but I can get an overall sense of someone as opposed to actually seeing detail or physical detail, because um, it, it's, it's crazy, and I've talked about this before, but when I... I I, when I am around spirit energy, I detect it in my mind's eye through colors. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that has always been a part of what I do. Uh, I can kind of feel around, kind of sense, sense the energy around me. Right. But when I, it's strong, I start seeing a certain series of colors. Now, I have seen auras around the living okay i don't use that or have not been able to do that with uh someone in spirit but i do occasionally see auras around the living um but uh, i you know i guess each one of us work in such a different way it, it it's it is interesting when you hear folks talk about it um so yeah yeah i now, mean have you had have you had any investigations uh, in particular where you worked as, you know, your team and such and have done work and, and, and have tried to maybe, um, you know, uh, send send on a spirit into, a, into the next level or anything to that degree? No, we haven't moved spirit on. I mean, right. when... We're in a place and sometimes there's children, you know, um, there's children's spirits or they're saying there's a woman who's crying. I mean, 
what we bring forth is the historical information. We talk about what they did in life. We mm-hmm. talk we talk about who passed and if their children passed before them. And if this is an issue on why we feel that this female might be still hanging around because she misses her children, we explain to spirit that, you know, your children have passed on or your mother and father have passed on and they're on the other side and you don't have to be here anymore. And we feel that informing them about this and talking about their lives and, you know, that this is now this new homeowner's house. And, you know, I feel that that gives them the, you know, understanding of we're being acknowledged. Okay. They're talking about us. So they acknowledge us and they're telling us about our family and they're informing us that we don't have to stay here anymore. I mean, I don't move spirit on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I leave that to professionals. I, I think there are people that are very good at doing that, yeah. but what we go in and we will try to let spirit know you don't have to be here. And we leave it up to them to make that choice to stay or go. Oh, it's always free will. I mean, yeah. you know, that's something it's, it's hard for some people to understand. Uh, when you're working with like an earthbound or, or, or energy that's, uh, mm-hmm. d- just doesn't really understand why it may be there or the reasons behind it. But, you know, when you, when someone comes to you and says, you know, I, I, you know, I want them to move on because they're causing issues. Um, and you know, the spirit, all they're trying to do is connect with the living and, and try to get to assess why they're there or they don't understand if why they're dead or they might not even know they're dead. Um, and, um, you know, I, it's hard to explain to some folks that, you know, it's free will, you know, if they don't want to move, they're not going anywhere. What's Richard Michelle going to do, right. To make a spirit that's been there for 150 years be like, Oh, okay. I'm going to leave. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I have. Tr- I mean, there have been cases I've been involved with where, yeah, we have kind of coaxed them to go into the next level. Uh, we use, uh, I use angels. Now, yeah. some people just don't believe in angels. Some, you know, some people are very skeptic, skeptical of angels. I, but I, I have used them, and I, I use them in most of my work. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, they're not the beings with the, the wings and all that other crap that, you know, people see. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not it's it's not a religious thing. It's uh, it's just a being that it, it's not human yeah. or was never human, but it's something that's used to move, move energies on. And, yeah, uh, you, know, you talk about like the ascended masters, you talk about guides and helpers and. Sure. You know, these these light beings, like you said, that have never been incarnated, you know, that are working in the higher realms that work for the highest good that can come in and help. So. Interesting. Uh, Now, I did look in you. I did look at your book and I see that you had a Sasquatch encounter. So why don't you tell us about that? Yes. Back in 1998, um, huge fishing huge fishing guy here. So mm-hmm. my friends and I, we would go up to this wooded, uh, this, this mountain area, Northern New Jersey. Um, and we would hike and fish. So we 
got up there and, you know, we, we started walking on the wilderness trail and we're going to the lake and we smelt this foul smell. It smelt like, like wet dog, if I had to describe it, but like a hundred times worse. And immediately we think there might be a bear in the area. So we started making noise. We're banging our tackle boxes. So we get up to the top of the lake and we're fishing. And as the day moves on, we start going towards the back of the lake and there's a section of land that slopes down into a marshy section. So we're like, you know what? Fishing pressure back here is probably non-existent. Nobody's even going to access this. Let's go down there and fish in this area. So we start walking down that slopey section and there's this fallen tree that goes over a nice little area to access the lake. And as we're walking down to this area, I see three definitive footprints. Um, one looks like it's the ball and toes of the foot kind of pressing down. Another one was a really good solid footprint. And the next was like another, you know, ball toe as it was going up the slope. And immediately I'm like, oh my God, I'm a size 13 sneaker. And this made my foot look small. And yeah, there he is. <laughs> so... Mm. I immediately, you know, this is 1998. So those little point, point and click cameras, those Fuji film things that you would pick up at like your food store. I had one. The end of a fishing trip. I know everybody always says, oh, take, take a bunch of pictures. Well, I only had one picture left. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of my foot next to it. So I took a picture of it. And for years, I've showed it to people that I went to high school when I was in high school. And I showed it to people, you know. And it moved with me to all these different places that I lived. And a few, a few years ago, I lost it. I, I just can't locate what I did with this picture. But it was amazing because you could see the toes. You could see the heel. I mean, it was definitively a Sasquatch print. I mean, it had to be a size 15 to 17 um, shoe <laughs> that that I, you know, found in the woods. And it was that moment on that I'm like, this is like in my own backyard. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm growing up in Bergen County and this is right on the border of Passaic County. <laughs> Go ahead. There he is. So, yeah. So the Ramapo area, I don't know if you ever been up to that. Northern I know the area. The Wanakue Reservoir is there. Um, so, if you think about it and you say, well, there's there's the lake up there at Ramapo and it goes right into Orange County. Then that mm -hmm. goes into the Catskills. So there could be enough room for a Sasquatch to migrate, you know, or to roam without, you know, walking through downtown, you know, Patterson. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we're going to see many in Patterson or in Bergen <laughs> County for the most part. Uh, you know, that whole corridor from where, you know, where you had your encounter up north into uh, into New York, up into yeah. the Catskill, we get a lot of sighting reports up there. Um, so uh, Catskill is a pretty prevalent as far as Bigfoot sightings. Oh, yeah. That whole section of like the Hudson Valley going into, you know, Sussex County, going into Passaic County that West like Milford area. So in years since, I mean, I've, I've always gone back. I've, I've always, you know, I'm a hiker when I'm not doing any paranormal stuff and I'm always out, out, I'm always out there in the woods. 
And there have been times when you're out and the woods go completely silent and there's no, mm-hmm. birds, and there's no wildlife making noises and the hair on your arms kind of stand up. So there, there is things going on out there that, that we don't know. We don't comprehend. I mean, we're close to Clinton road, which I covered in the case files book and and with Clinton Road, it's the same thing. People are experiencing and stuff from the cryptid animals to hellhounds. Um, there's people that supposedly give, you know, chase and phantom cars and vanish. So that too, I uh, wrote about, and I talk about land ties and the elementals. So that 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 case files book, even when I do shows and we're talking about spirit. There's always a group of people at the end of the show that want to talk just about the case files book. And it's awesome because it was something I did that was outside of the spirit stuff and it resonated with people. So let me get to a few questions here. I got um, uh, James West asked Richard, because uh, your experience, the experience you have, uh, what's your opinion of what happens in the afterlife? Wow. Okay. That's kind of a broad one there. Well, like James, I feel that it's a frequency, if that makes sense. I feel that there's different levels. Um, I feel that our soul is energy, right? So we enter this frequency and Mm -hmm. we resonate with what level that we're on. I mean, there's lighter and there's darker. You know, I'm not saying that there's pure evil on the bottom, but you know, there's the darkest to the lightest. And I feel that the lives that we lived and the lessons that we learned in this lifetime, we progress, we could digress. We could, you know, and then I feel that that's what the afterlife is. I feel it's a frequency and, um, and, you know, it's the other side of life. I, I feel that, you know, I don't think that we're playing harps and all like that stuff. Mm. You know, mm. we're we're given through entertainment and, you know, oh, you can drive cars in the afterlife and, you know, you could go see Elvis. I don't think that's what it's about on that side. I think it's the evolution of our soul um, and that future pull. Um, I'm a huge advocate and I talk about past lives. I feel that we do keep coming back. And we do have lessons that we learn in each lifetime, no matter how difficult our lives are. I feel that those lessons teach our soul while we're incarnated here. And while we're incarnated, those lessons, no matter how good, no matter how bad, help our soul grow and mm. move, move up in that frequency. And maybe one day we could be up there with the ascended masters and we could offer help and we could be guides to younger souls, but I do feel that we do keep coming back. I, I, I don't feel that. Yeah, we- I, I, I agree with that. You know, I've been, a, I've been a part of several regressions, uh, past life regressions, right. Uh, or especially early on, but, um, you know, I was very skeptical of all that, you know, and, but mm-hmm. as I got involved with, with people who did regression hypnosis and who were mediums and such, I, um, I've come to the conclusion, I don't know what you think about this, but I think when, when our life force is detached from the living body and when we die, that it ascends 
to another level, which I like to describe as like a way station. Basically, we're there, or the energy, the life force is there. Mm-hmm. And I I have become much more uh, believing of a, of reincarnation. And I think that when the, the life force of the soul is in, in that state, that it is designated for another life eventually. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, from listening to people in regression and then talking with them afterwards, and, and you know, that just seems to be what I, the impression I get when they're, when they're talking about it. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong, but that, that's kind of, it's kind of like a way station for me. Yeah. I think it's a place that we go and you kind of recharge, you know, from, right. from your lifetime here, here on earth, no matter what happened to you with illness, whatever happened to you physically, when you cross the veil and you wind up on the, on the other side of life, like you said, it's that, it's, it's that way station. Mm-hmm. It's that place where our soul kind of recharges. It goes through whatever lesson that it, all the lessons that it learned while in this lifetime, and it gets ready to make a return journey back. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll even throw this out there. Who, who's, who's even to say that you're coming back here? I mean, there are so many other universes and Absolutely. places of life. You know, who, who's to say that our souls are coming back here? So now you could start talking about people that they identify themselves as star beings or, you know, oh, I had a, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm an ET. I mean, this makes kind of sense when you start talking to people, you know, or you talk to the person who, you know, is 14 years old and has an immense appreciation for the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, you know, know all these facts. And it's like, what's this 14-year-old child have in common with the Civil War? Well, you know, I guarantee you make them go through a past life regression, and they're going to find that they had probably a past life and they were a soldier. Well, it's funny you brought that up because um, that's one of my previous lives. I believe I was at Gettysburg. And I, I believe I was with the 20th Maine. Now, why I believe it, that location of the battlefield, just I am drawn to it. Not because necessarily the story and the history behind it, but right. I'm just drawn to the area. And I always yeah. have been, um, even before I knew anything about it. Um, but I, I, believe, I, I believe I am, I mean, one of my past lives. And I, I have never been regressed. But I believe one of my past lives has something to do with that. Yeah. Interesting. And um, I feel that a lot of that has to do with past lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bernadette wants to know, do you have a favorite sketch that you've done? Favorite sketch that I did? Yeah. Um, it's of a girl. I did send it to Vincent. It's a young It's it's a young girl. I don't know if he could find it. Um and I did a reading for her mother. Yep. And she lost her and she's devastated. You know, she, you know, passed very young and tragically. So during this reading, um, just to hear 
her mother say how comforted that she was by getting this information and knowing that her daughter's consciousness, that her daughter isn't just in the box, that her Mm -hmm. daughter is on the other side of the veil, that her consciousness is still there, that she still hears her mother. And there were things that her mother said after she passed that came through and were validated in this reading. And just to do this for that mother and knowing, you know, being a father myself, you know, and losing, you know, for for her to lose her daughter so young, I mean, tragic. So to be able to give her some form of comfort and knowing that her daughter is still around her, her consciousness still hears her and she's only a thought away. So to be able to do this for, for her, this is one of the things that I really hold dear to me, this, this, you know, that is, I mean, for me personally, when I'm doing spirit rescue, but I'm also working with clients, that's probably the most satisfying of the work. I mean, the most satisfying part of doing that work, because when you go in there and you start picking up on the, picking up on different aspects of the spirit or the person around them or the person you believe is or they believe is around them and where you can do the pinpoint and uh that they know that they have moved on yeah and uh that is that is absolutely i tell you the the euphoria i mean it's just euphoric i mean you know i uh it's hard to describe but when you know that you've done that Mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it, it's it's a it, it it's satisfying absolutely satisfying and when you could bring that kind of help and I, I i always say if you could take just a little bit of grief away you can't take it all but if you could just make maybe tomorrow a little bit better and the next yeah. day after that then we're doing our you know job as healers and as light workers you know and we're helping spirit. And that's what spirit wants. Spirit chooses. I totally feel who spirit wants to work with. So if you're in this for the wrong thing, or you're in this for a gain or your own personal stuff, spirit will shut off or spirit will choose not to work with you. And your readings are going to become a hundred times harder, you know, and that's how I feel that spirit works. So if you're coming from a good place and you put the work into it, you will develop a relationship with working with spirit so you're on the right path too you're coming from a good place vincent wants to know how did you find out about your abilities just starting to go into these different locations that i would be investigating Mm -hmm. um even before i was investigating the paranormal this goes back to high school I was dating a girl and we go over to her house to meet her parents and i go Wait, wait, I'm seeing, I, well, first I had to tell her, I'm like, I see dead people. You can imagine how that went. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, so I'm seeing this older man. He has dark, dark rim glasses, a little bald with a comb over, woman with big hair. He's wearing like a white tux and they're like, oh, she goes, no way. So she runs into her mother's room. She gets her mom. They come out and they're holding a picture. It's her grandparents' wedding photo. Oh, so it was her grandmother and grandfather. So I'm like, not only am I meeting your mom and dad tonight, but your grandparents are here too. <laughs> so um, needless to say, we only dated a few weeks after that. And 
They got yeah. rid of the medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, you know, when I um, – and I, I, I actually still feel guilty about this. Uh, but my, my wife of 33 years, and she was my second wife. Right. When we first started going out and we stated even the, to the year before we were married, I never told her about my paranormal life. I kept it completely away from her. And, yeah. uh, when he, when I did eventually, after we got married and I did eventually tell her about it and, and start working again, it was like. Why in, did you not tell me this beforehand? Well, I'm in the paranormal yeah. closet. I mean, that's pr really, I mean, yeah. you don't know who to tell this to. And then I also yeah. work in a medical place. So I work in a hospital. So that was another thing. Once I started to investigate the paranormal and I wanted to start working on mediumship, I'm like, do I come forward and say that I'm a working medium too? Like, because you're going to be looked upon as that woo-woo guy right so and then at one point especially like, being in the medical profession i mean you know yeah. uh because i have dealt with so many people especially in nursing homes and such and nurses and such and who, who have experienced so many different things yeah, right. i can imagine i mean in the mornings when i'm in the hospital i mean i do i'm like the first one in and there's times yeah. you hear doors Doors open and doors close and there's nobody in the building. Mm. But, you know, and then once I came out as, you know, this is what I'm doing, because once you walk the spiritual path, you're walking it. There's no turning back and saying, oh, wait, you know, may, maybe I shouldn't have come forward and said that I'm doing this. So right. once they came forward and they knew that I started to do this after one reading was good, then I had four, four more people that wanted another reading. So now my lunch hours, you know, <laughs> are people like, hey, can I do a spirit art session? And I had to say, like, listen, you know, like, this is where I'm working. I can't do this every day. And now, now I really structure it in, like, into my week where it's not just one after another. Because I feel it's very important to give spirit that respect and time to come through. And so, yeah, it's, it's just really incredible. I understand because, you know, I, I had been in the hospital for more than I really wanted to be over my life. Right. Uh, but I have sensed a lot of things in the hospital. And, uh, well, of course, in funeral homes and cemeteries, mm -hmm. antique stores, attachments, and all that. It, it, it's just like it's never ending. Uh, I mean, there'll be times where I'm somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and and I will send something right away. Uh, yeah. There have been times when I've actually seen things I just didn't understand. But yeah, I, I get it. You know, people who work in, in hospitals particularly or nursing yeah. homes. Yeah, I can imagine some of the stuff they, you know, and I know because I've had many of them tell me the same thing. Yeah, I had a friend that was pushed. I mean, they actually felt a hand push, push them while they were walking in the hallway and there was nobody in back of them. I, there's... There's definitely some stories. Maybe a haunted hospital book in the future somewhere. There you go. Uh, now, you also had a chapter in your book about UFOs and alien encounters. What? How have you been involved with that? Well, that was really the first books that I started to read were on Roswell, was Bud uh, Hopkins and John Mack, mm -hmm. Streber. 
So living very close to the Hudson Valley, I would spend weekends just driving up to the Hudson Valley and stargazing and being so close to the town of Pine Bush, which is an epicenter for the phenomena and talking to people and going to the diner there and hearing these personal stories of people from all walks of life that are seeing craft in the night sky that they can't identify from boomerang shapes to people talking about seeing light beings appear in fields and then vanish, hearing a strange vibration coming from under the earth that just ceases. It starts and stops. Um, other encounters up in that pine bush area are seeing these lightning streaks that come out of the ground and then just dissipate and vanish. Um, so that whole Hudson Valley area, I feel the veil is thin for mm -hmm. paranormal, but the extraterrestrial and the UFO story that's happening there, that's still happening today. There's still people that are experiencing missing time and abduction. And hearing these stories, I'm like, I really want to put this in the Case Files book. So I did that. And with Case Files, like I say, there's so many people that find, you know, a section of the book that's that's really for them, whether it's Sasquatch or the cryptids or aliens or ghosts. But the next book that's coming out is The Extraterrestrials in the Hudson Valley. I had so oh. much, I had so much content that I said, this is a whole nother book. I think we were talking about that. You wind up with so much information that it can be a whole nother book. So I- It's mind numbing sometimes. Um, yeah. So I yeah. have that going out next and that's gonna be just focusing on the Hudson Valley and my time in the Pine Bush area and talking to these witnesses and even talking about my own experiences, even working in the field and investigating these places on how I felt being an intuitive and feeling certain areas are more energy sensitive than others. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's certain sections of Pine Bush that you walk in and you feel dizzy that there's some kind of a force field that's being emitted from, from like the ground, or maybe it's coming from the sky. Hmm. That's attracting these beings there. I mean, yeah. this, I mean, when you look at that 1980s flap, it's crazy. I mean, there were people on highways that were pulling over. I mean, this wasn't one or two people. We were talking about hundreds of people that are looking up in the night sky and seeing a craft that was the size of a football stadium. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's a wonderful thing being a fortune researcher on an eclectic paranormalist because you you don't stick with one thing. You kind of no. get everything. I mean, you know, I've had people ask me and you're I I see you're the same way that you, whatever is of interest or something that's unusual, you're going to you're going to look into it. And yep. uh yeah, I I absolutely. You know, and that's I, that's a good thing. And I always say, when you're coming from the right place, things are going to work for you. And I was that kid in the library in that darkened corner in that paranormal section, reading reading the communion book from Strieber. <laughs> and, and I remember I brought it to like my study hall class and my teacher was like, what are you reading? I'm like, this is communion from Whitley Strieber. And you know, she's like, you don't want to read like Huck. Huck Finn or the Great Gatsby. I'm like, no, I want to read Communion. Mm. So now fast forward a few months ago, 
with my book, with the extraterrestrials in the Hudson Valley, I had the opportunity to spend an hour chatting on the phone with Whitley Strieber. And I told him about this. I said, Mr. Strieber, I was reading your book, you know, the eighth grade, I was going in, you know, to high school. I, I was bringing your books into my study hall because I felt that that's what I needed to read <laughs> rather than the great Gatsby. And, and he had a good laugh about that. And, uh, he, that's, that's interesting. He, he is profiled in uh, the book that's coming out because his story alone encompasses the Hudson Valley and the Pine Bush encounters in the 1980s. And what an interesting man. And it was a real honor to get the chance to actually talk to one of your heroes. Yeah, Whitley's an interesting guy. I, I've talked to him uh, on one occasion in particular, but yeah. uh, absolutely an interesting guy. Uh, yeah, you know, when I was growing I'm a child of the 60s and the 70s and the early 70s. And, uh, you know, when you're the kid in high school who's reading Chariots of the Gods, you know, you kind of get yeah. people looking at you like, but see, yeah. I was lucky enough because I had a, a science teacher who actually taught a semester <laughs> on ancient aliens. And this is back in the what? 70s. Oh, my Absolutely. God. He was he was British, uh, but he, you know he was in the United States. But yeah. he was so into the ancient alien theory, and uh, we had we had a planetarium in our in our school, and wow. he was you know he was a, a space I mean Earth and space uh, science teacher, but yeah we had a whole semester on ancient aliens and and that and I tell you that. I, I got to thank the guy. Mr. Robinson was his name. I got to thank him. I don't know whatever happened, happened to him, yeah. but he was, he, he was, he was, he really sparked my interest in all of that. So yeah, it, that, that's, it that's interesting. I mean, when you look at these civilizations that all came to be and the work that went into building these temples and these monuments, I mean, precision stuff that's aligned to, the stars and you're you're telling me that that primitive man made these pyramids and made these temples uh i don't know about that yeah you know the the whole ancient alien thing you know in that that book and you know the cherry of the gods and i you know it it does seem kind of far-fetched Honestly, and this is one theory I've had for a long period of time, especially since I started working with abductees, and I wrote a book about my experiences with abductees. Right. Uh, there's some intervention somewhere down the line. I mean, yeah. evolution. Yeah, the you know, the, the, there's something to evolution, but there's also there has definitely got to been have to have been some type of intervention at some point. Where they changed like a chromosome or Absolutely. something that made us, you know, go from banging rocks on a cave wall to, you know, yeah. trying to build and yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I think those of us who grew up around that time when all this was just really starting, uh, we were lucky enough, and I, I was absolutely lucky enough to been a, to have a teacher who was interested. Yeah, in it. I wish uh, my teachers. I mean, I was born in '82. Uh -huh. So, you know, I 
grew up with the In Search of and the show sightings and you know the X Files, yeah. of course, made made everybody want to be you know Fox or Scully, you know. So, <laughs> so Richard, why don't you tell folks how they get in contact with you, um, how you can yeah. get your books and whatever else you want to tell us about? Yeah, you can log on to my website www.richardmichella.com and I list all my events that I'm doing there and uh, you could go to the store that I have there you could buy buy all my books off Amazon there's Barnes and Noble um, these are the events that I have coming up if you're in the New Jersey area you could check out Crystals of Quartz House of Healing Investigation that's Saturday February 11th from 6 to 10 p.m. Uh, it's sponsored by Full Moon Paranormal Come on out. I'm also going to do a little bit of spirit art there. We're going to do a seance. If you live in northern New Jersey and in southern New Jersey, I'm going to be at the Ritz Theater doing an investigation with a meet and greet with my good friend, Anthony Simonelli. You got to come out for this one. Anthony's a fantastic guy and we're going to have an investigation. You can investigate the Ritz with us. So that's April 14th and that's from 7 p.m. to midnight. So. The Ritz was a very cool place. We went there a few uh, months back, and I did some spirit art there. And it's cool to see how the evidence came uh, forward. And I believe that I sketched a woman that they hear crying in the back of the theater. Interesting. So these are the books that are out. You go, My New Jersey Paranormal Project, Spirit Voices, Case Files, Spirits in History, and Spirit Seeker. So, And everything's on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Check them out. You can get them on my website too. So, well, Richard, thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, thank you for we'll having get you me. back on again. Get you into another roundtable at some point. And, yeah, uh, great. Look forward to talk to you again. Definitely. Lon, thank you. Okay. Pleasure. You take care and you have a good, have good weekend. Night, everyone. Yep. Now, if uh, you have a sighting or encounter report, uh, that you'd like to be considered for the uh, personal report show or just post on Fams of Monsters, feel free to forward to my email at lonstricklerfamsofmonsters.com. And I want to again thank Richard Michelle for joining me this evening. And thanks to each and all of you for uh, watching and chatting. Always appreciate the questions and, and the lively conversation in the chat room. So, um, and please like, subscribe, and share, and, and feel free to comment as well. So next Wednesday, uh, I'm not going to have a personal report show, but I am going to have an interesting show with my friends Kyle Filson and Cam Hale from the Expanded Perspectives podcast. Uh, that'll be a, at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. And next Friday, uh, we're going to be conducting an aquatic cryptid roundtable and our guest will be Ron Murphy, who I see is in the chat tonight, Kenny Irish, and Max Hawthorne. So that should be a very interesting interesting show. Uh, now, Bernadette, I think, is under the weather tonight. I don't think she's doing her show, but then again, I don't know if she's changed her mind or not. But uh, I don't think she'll be on tonight. So uh, anyway, until we meet again, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a good night.